Your daily Philadelphia Eagles podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. What's going on, Eagles fans? Welcome into the postgame show. This is Locked On Eagles. Louis DiBiase, Gino Camilleri, recapping the Eagles' loss to the Kansas City Chiefs at Lincoln Financial Field. 42-30, to 30, the Eagles drop to one and three on the season. Guys, we thank you for making Locked on Eagles your first listen every day. You can find us five days a week, Monday through Friday, on any podcast platform, wherever you get your shows, on YouTube as well, and on Twitter at Lockdown Birds, at GC24 underscore football, and DBLCLOE. Like I said, the Eagles fall 42 to 30 against Patrick Mahomes, Andy Reid, and the Kansas City Chiefs. Gino, a lot to unpack in this game. A lot mm-hmm. of pros. A lot of cons. I think it's certainly a bounce-back game compared to where they were just six days ago in that blowout loss to the Dallas Cowboys on Monday Night Football at Jerry World. It has me with a lot of mixed emotions. I think there's a lot of good to take away from this performance on the offensive side of the football. I think there's a lot of things on offense I still have issues with. And then on defense, just I think a complete mess. So um, I think it was encouraging, though, an encouraging step from where you were on Monday. And it's kind of like the San Francisco game. You kind of you kept pace with a superior team uh, and you kind of just shot yourself in the foot. So if you can eventually find a way to fix these problems that are ailing yourself because of you, then this team might be on the right track, but they got to get this right. And I think the biggest Mm -hmm. thing was penalties again today, nine of them and three of them cost you touchdowns. I mean, in a close game like this, that's always going to cost you. Yeah, especially when you're going against Kansas City. I think that was kind of what we would expect that right when they started off with that field goal on that missed touchdown to Zach Ertz in the back of the end zone, which Jalen Hurts probably should have completed. I knew that it was going to be a long day, but you tweeted out before the game that you thought this would be three hours that you would waste watching the game. It was all the injuries up front, like Lane Johnson at the last second personal reasons. Uh He's not in. It's just Jason Kelsey again. I'm like, oh, man, and a desperate Chiefs team. But it wasn't that, you know, I'm coming away a Mm -hmm. lot happier in a much better mood than I thought I was going to be for sure. Yeah, let's talk quick uh, about Jalen Hurts in these games where he's going against top opponents, Lou. I mean, in his eight starts now, the times that he does play good teams outside of that befuddlement in Dallas last week, a good showing against the Niners this year. I put out a poll on Lockdown Birds. Is this his best game in the NFL? I I think think so. I think you can make a a high debate for it because I would put this as his first actual 300 yard passing game. You know, like he actually went out there and got those 300 yards. He finished with 387, but he was in that game for the majority of the time. And if they just hit on a couple different things, Nick Sirianni, man, I I'm impressed with what I saw today. Like you went toe to toe for a while with Kansas Mm -hmm. city, a team that I thought was a potential blowout candidate. But you were in this game right until the middle of the fourth quarter. And just if I tweeted out the Malibu's most wanted gif of I just shot my foot, like here we are again, Lou. It seems like every time they're in contention to have these good plays and like execute a great drive, penalties come back to bite them. And this is a huge improvement over Dallas. You competed in a game against an ex-coach who has had it out now 3-0 and against you with one of the most high-profile offenses in the league. They've done a good job, Lou. George Kittle, Travis Kelsey, 
both held under 100 yards in those games yep. that they've played them. So I, I know the defense looked rough, but there are some good things to take away from this game. I'm not downtrodden right now, Lou. Like Carolina just got blasted by Dallas. Mm-hmm. I think you're in contention to be in a good game next week. I think you have yeah. uh, all the positives in the world coming on that offense. Special teams and defense, eh, we could say some other things, but offensively-wise, I think it was pitch and catch, easy, get him in a rhythm early. And when you see Jalen Hurts in a rhythm, it really is something yeah. to behold. Like he is a good rhythm passer. Like when they can get it, he like, gets into it. off the yeah. rip. He, yeah. He, he no, is a pretty good yeah. rhythm passer to watch. I enjoy I, it. Yeah. I did think like the Arizona game last year really impressed me with how he brought them back in that football mm-hmm. game. I thought in the areas that you need to be um, crucially effi- like, efficient, it's, that's essential to becoming a QB one. I think today there were those areas. I'm like, okay, he actually took a step of glass. I'm like, where is the development in these areas that right. he's still weakened? It's the same thing. Every game, he looks like the same player as mm-hmm. last year. Today, and I think we can look really back on that like and kind of, yes, agreed. Sorry to interrupt you, but I think we can look back on last week and say that that was just a befuddlement of errors. I know I've used that word twice now in this broadcast, but all around, if you look at today, play calling execution, even though they had the penalties, Lou, things were going well for them. Like they were doing what they do well on offense, which we saw in week one. And now it translated over to a team in Kansas city who was susceptible to giving up points, which you took advantage of. They could have put up 40 plus if they really hit home on a couple of those plays that they should have. And that's the problem. Yeah. And and that's what it comes down to. Yeah. The three penalties cost you touchdowns. Jalen Mm -hmm. hurts for all the good things that we're going to get into. Did miss two wide open touchdowns. Zach hurts early in the game. He's got to hit that throw. He's got to make it easier on Greg Ward. Who's a smaller receiver. I mean, it hit Ward in the hands, but Ward has to do a full extension and pretty much dive out for that touchdown. So yeah, just a lot left on the field again today. The execution Mm -hmm. was there until the really crucial areas of the game came to be. And then this team just kind of folded on both sides of the football. And that's a continuous theme so far throughout 2021 and uh, that's the disappointing part because you know I agree I thought we'll get into Hurts again in a second because I do want to talk about the areas I was really impressed by Jalen but like Nick Sirianni I thought the play calling today was great I thought you Mm -hmm. saw a lot more pre-snap motion than last week I thought you just he did a better job of you know maximizing his players strengths right he got everybody involved in the open field his rack kings right uh Devontae mm-hmm. smith was incredible today kenny gainwell was good quez watkins was open in space and making plays happen Jalen rager had a couple nice plays both tight ends were involved sirianni did a way better job this week of getting everybody involved in areas that they do their best work and that was an encouraging sign for sure because everybody was involved and uh especially Devontae smith and kenny g kenny gainwell it was awesome to see the rookies step up today and uh, Devontae Smith over a hundred yards receiving today. That's the first time an Eagles rookie receiver has done that since Jordan Matthews in 2014. Yeah. That's crazy to think how long ago that was, right? I was watching Seven Vanderbilt years. yesterday. I'm like, how did they ever have anybody as good as Jordan Matthews on that team? And <laughs> it just goes to show that Devontae Smith, like say what you will about him. I know that that route, he, he stepped out of bounds there late in the end, yeah. which should have been a touchdown. But he is answering a lot of those questions. Like, can he play in the middle of the field? Dude, he's had some receptions over the middle of the field. He's your most reliable target over the middle, over both tight ends. Yes, absolutely. And you talk about the middle of the field being a weakness for Jalen. I thought he improved today on that. Mm -hmm. But go to Devontae Smith and some of those catches he had on the sideline, Lou. Talk about body control, football intelligence, the ability to just keep your foot in bounds when you're going away from 
towards the sideline and all your momentum is pushing you out of bounds. That kept many of those Eagles drives alive. And I said, sideline grabs at the end of the half. Yeah. And it was back-to-back plays. Incredible. Especially the Mm -hmm. second one, full extension, finds a way to get the toe down. He is the slim reaper for a reason, but he, he may be skinny, but you know, like his wingspan is incredibly impressive. Absolutely, Lou. Like when we look at the wide receiver position, we talk about these guys that like a Stefan Diggs, let's say guy who's not the biggest guy in the league, isn't the fastest player in the league. I think he's right on par with what Devontae Smith could be. He could be a top five guy. I've seen because that cup of his, before too. It makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. Because of his route running, his ability to get open, his ability to recognize zone, when to sit. I think he did a good job today. Outside of the miscue on the one um, where it should have been a go route, but he stopped on that hitch route. Yeah. I thought he had good communication with Jalen Hurts. And if your idea is to build around a young quarterback and what Jalen does well, I thought the very first time Devontae got that ball and that tunnel screen, like that's how you want to work a guy like that into the game plan. And, and he, he hasn't been it. getting those touches. Do you know it's been right. all Jalen Rager and Quez Watkins in that area this year? And I get it. It's because those guys kind of need, especially Rager right mm-hmm. now, needs those manufactured touches to get the ball. And Smith really doesn't. But you want Devontae to just, you want him touching the ball. Like that's your best playmaker, I think, on this offense. So I totally agree. And the idea that they spread it around, let's see, Devontae Smith, seven receptions. Zach Ertz, right. six receptions. Kenny Gainwell, six. Dallas Goddard, five. Miles Sanders, three. Quez, three. Yeah. Greg Ward, one. Jalen Rager, one. Even though Jalen was quiet today, you spread the ball around elsewhere. Like mm-hmm. Dallas Goddard is continuing to look like one of the best yards after the catch tight ends in the league. Another touchdown called away today because of a penalty. Dallas Goddard should have had another catch for a touchdown. Absolutely. And same with Zach Ertz. I think both of those tight ends, we were scared about how they would use them, Lou. I think it opens up the idea and the benefit that they can play with those 12 personnel looks where they have two tight ends in where it looked like it might be a run. They didn't run a lot today, but they supplemented it very, very well. Well, you weren't going to run the ball when the play calling, yeah, when the passing was working as well as it was, Mm -hmm. you know, like you don't always have to run the ball. Just you don't always have to establish the run. And I'm glad they didn't feel the pressure from everybody last mm-hmm. week because they didn't run the ball to say this this week we need to do it too much and overcompensate. Right? Like I, I don't know why I always pinpoint back to this game, but 2019 week two, Jim Schwartz never blitzes. He finally blitzes, but then now he won't stop blitzing, and that's all he does. Right. I'm glad today they're like, nope, the short passing game is working. Jalen Hurts is thriving in every area of the passing game today. We're going to do what is working against this Chiefs defense that was susceptible in that area. And I'm glad that they didn't kind of succumb to that pressure because I thought the game plan today was good. And Mm -hmm. like you said, they were multiple today. Like their receivers were involved, their running backs. It wasn't just that they were using 12 personnel, 11 personnel. Gino, there was a lot of 22 out there today. I saw a lot of Kenny G and Miles Sanders together. Like I'm very happy with the offense as a whole. Again, the the missed throws, Jalen Hurts still had some inaccurate moments today. There was that underthrow. He got lucky. That wasn't mm-hmm. an interception. Uh, the red zone play calling still is just all on the boundary. That's the only place they live. So there's issues for sure still. But I think right now in segment one, as we're talking about the positives, it's pretty much all offense. And I'm glad that we're having this discussion, right, Lou? Because last week we were concerned, are you up to par with one of these high-profile offenses in right, the league they with Dallas. Last week, yeah. No. And then today, you look at what Kansas City did to you. I mean, Tyree Kill is one of the best in space, oh, of course. Unstoppable. But your playmakers were doing just as well. I mean, everybody was involved, Lou. Like, say what you want about Howie Roseman, but Kenny Gainwell, 
on top of Landon Dickerson, on top of Devontae Smith this today class on offense. Does look good early, I'll give you that for sure. It looks very good early on. And I'm just pleased to see that Nick Sirianni was able to take the good parts away, like the motion and not putting guys in motion and really putting that into the game plan today, but then not looking on his his flaws and saying, oh, we, we didn't run the ball well, but there's other ways to supplement the run. And Kansas City has done that forever, forever. Right. I mean, these top teams, if you're running these air raids, your last look is the check down. But Arizona's that's how you're doing it. Yep. Buffalo's doing it. Mm-hmm. Kansas City. I agree. You don't have to establishing the run doesn't mean you have to run the football. Do you know? I agree. No. Like what they did today was establishing that area. Yes. That also opens up play action and that kind of stuff. It doesn't have to just be the traditional style to do it. Yeah. And I thought early on, Lou, when they were checking it down and they were getting some screens involved, yep. they were getting Kenny Gainwell involved. When they were picking up eight, nine yards a pop on those little runs, I'm like, this is exactly what we should have been doing the last two weeks. Jalen Hurts, you don't need to throw the ball down the field all of the time. Yeah. Even though your targets are shallow, these guys have the ability. Even your worst yards after the catch player in Zach Ertz has been good in yards mm-hmm. after the catch this year. Dallas Goddard does well at it. Miles Sanders, Kenny Gainwell. Isn't that nice? You know, we've seen the last four years, they've had nothing run after the catch-wise on this mm-hmm. offense. And this year, like the one drive in the, the first half, I was having so much fun with. It was a screen to Devontae Smith. Then yep. it was a screen the other side to Quez. Then it was Rager. Then Kenny Gainwell comes in motion. He was in the slot. They give him the ball. Miles Sanders, they throw a screen to. Goddard, it was like all the different players they have on this offense now that can do that. It is such a nice change of pace because the Eagles... I mean, we grew up used to that with Deshaun Jackson, LaShawn McCoy, who was honored today at the link. And since then, though, we have not seen it at all. So that I had a lot of fun with that today. Yeah, and I think you can get really caught up in sitting on your hands. Like, if you look back the last couple of years, Lou, you had Goddard and Zach Ertz. You didn't have the firepower at wide receiver, but they were so honed into that idea. Like, we have to run the offense through these guys. Sirianni has taken it and said, yeah, we have two top 10 tight ends right now. Mm -hmm. So let's make the best of them and see what they do well and then open it up for our wide receivers. That is, I I like seeing things that we were talking about prior to the season come to fruition. Like in this game against Kansas City, when you needed to score points, which they did score 30 at the end of the game, but 23, they should have had more. They should have finished with close to 40, as we said. You were in this game because of your offense, which we thought the defense would be the strength of this team. They were dueling for a while, and that they it's a lot of good forth. to build on. A lot of good to build on in a young career for Nick Sariani, who's had it up and down in these first four games. Really think he got it right, Lou. Like hats yeah. off to him. Or visors off to him because he doesn't wear hats, but like yeah, on. shout out to you. You were channeling <laughs> your hair, inner man. Nick. Yeah, um, your inner inner Western New York Italian. Dude, you dude, that's right. That's Rick. right. Um, <laughs> Gino, I thought, and, and there's a lot of good things about this offense. To go to Jalen Hurts again real quick, I thought my biggest thing I liked about this game, he just seemed way more calm. He seemed way more in control. And I think, mm-hmm. again, hats off to Nick Sirianni uh, because I think he that a result of that, of Hertz being comfortable was because I think Sirianni got him in a rhythm. And I thought the biggest things that he improved upon from last week was his vision and his decision-making in the pocket. 
last mm-hmm. week, just bailing way too early. He was not seeing the field well. He was late on all these throws where today I thought I thought he threw with a lot of anticipation. I thought he hung in there even when there was pressure, kept his eyes downfield, waited for guys to get open. The one play in the second half where he climbed the ladder and the pressure's around him, he steps up in the pocket, delivers a throw over the middle to Dallas Goddard. We need to see more of that. I'm mm-hmm. so encouraged to see that he did that today where he was just, again, patient, kept his eyes downfield and made some great throws inside, even when the pressure was in his face. So again, last week, he probably panics and bails in a lot of those moments. And that's a sign of growth. And that was my issue last week was I kept asking you and myself, where is that growth in the key areas he needs to grow in? And I thought in those areas specifically, today was a big step. And what you want to see out of a young quarterback is growth. Let's start right there. Today was the biggest, I would say, from worst performance to best performance that Jalen has had from game Mm -hmm. to game. Right, because everything else just felt like it was just like here. And you had a little up, but then a little down. But but you're like, is there that big jump, you know? Mm -hmm. And I think you saw that today against the Chiefs. And people look at the Chiefs' defense and say, yeah, it's not the best in the league. But that's what defenses are becoming in this league mm-hmm. when you're investing so much money on the offense, right? You're in Buffalo. You know they just paid Josh Allen all that money. Right. Where are they going to have to make cuts? It's probably going to be on the defense within the next mm-hmm. couple years here, right? On offense, you have this quarterback on a rookie deal. All your receivers are on rookie deals. You have the ability to continue to draft unbelievable offensive line talent. Jeff Stoutland should be getting into oh Canton. Oh my gosh, you know, we didn't even mention that. The offensive we line have to. today We have to pause great. what we were talking about. You talk lost Jordan Maialata, Isaac Sayamalu, Brandon Brooks, Lane Johnson at the last second, and this offensive line didn't skip a beat. I mean, Jeff Stoutland is a, I mean, hats off. Landon Dickerson looked good at left guard today. I thought he, they made the right calls to like, who plays where, right? Dickerson mm-hmm. moves to left guard. They have Herbig inside at right guard. Jack Driscoll plays at right tackle. I thought all three of them were really good today. And, you know, I think the only issue was Andre Dillard taking those penalties and costing them touchdowns. But four-fifths of the line were really good. The one word I look at is cohesion on offense because they knew that that was going to be an issue. First off, whatever Lane Johnson is going through, I hope he's okay. Like, yeah, that's so- what I want to hear. I, I know he's been going through a lot with that ankle. That can take a lot on your mental toll. I totally understand that. Hope he's good first and foremost. But to go into that situation, Lou, knowing you're down three starters already, moving your right guard who has been playing there the last couple of weeks to the left guard, Jason mm-hmm. Kelsey being the sole player from week one. Jack John Driscoll, gift, man. It's Jason yeah. Kelsey every year. <laughs> Jack Driscoll straight off the injured reserve to right tackle. Mm-hmm. Number one, Howie Roseman, hats off for what he's done on this offensive line. Two, Jeff Stoutland, even bigger applause for what he's done on this offensive line. Number three, Nick Sariani for what he did in the play calling to protect his offensive line. He got the ball out quick. They didn't depend on the run too much where you're going to be in these situations where it's one-on-one or it's two-on-one and you're really undermanned and they were they were undermanned you're down one of you're down to one of your starters from week one they put on an unbelievable performance and kept them in this game those penalties on Andre Dillard kind of tied to Jalen Hurts and his ability and decision making that RPO game as well as it does work they really have to figure out the timing. They have to right, get that down. They don't, yeah, because Diller doesn't know if it's a pass or run. And, yes, he yeah, has to I commit to the run and really sell right. that. So yeah. it, it's not really on the offensive line. And we saw that with Wentz last year, right? And, and that's a thing how, that like uh, that people don't might not think of that you have mm-hmm. to really take a look at for sure. 
Yeah, and I'm not going to hound on Andre Dillard. I thought he's done a fantastic job. Well, considering in his where he was at, rock bottom, I thought the last yeah. two performances, I mean, for a backup, that's all you can ask for. You either, one, have a guy who now you can kind of mold to play a position that maybe he might not want to because mm-hmm. he has the ability to do the little things well, like his anchor ability, Lou. I don't see him in the face of the quarterback all too often. Like, he's able to stand there. Which was his big issue, getting yeah. rushed. Yeah. Landon Dickerson, that pick is looking smarter and smarter day by day. The guy plays right guard, left guard. He might be the inevitable uh, center of the future. Jack Driscoll, a guy who they stole late in that draft. Nate Herbig has been one of the unsung heroes of this team the last two years, Lou. A round yeah. of applause to what that offensive line and Jeff Stoutland did, man. I it, I don't think I could do it. Like how those guys went in there and said, we're under man, but we're still going to go in. That's the mentality you want every single player on yeah. your team to have. The Eagles fall 42 to 30 to the Kansas City Chiefs. They drop to one and three on the season. This is the Locked On Eagles post game show. Gina, we'll get into the negatives of this loss. Uh, a lot of it had to do with the defense. We, we definitely got into pretty much everything the offense with pros and cons. So we'll definitely mm-hmm. move on to defense coming up next right here on Lockdown Eagles. And guys, today's show is sponsored by Get Upside. I got to tell you about this incredible app. Everybody who buys gas needs to know about Get Upside. My listeners are making up to 25 cents for every gallon of gas every time they fill up. Just download the free Get Upside app in the App Store or Google Play right now and use our promo code TOUCHDOWN and get a bonus 25 cents per gallon on your first fill up. That's up to 50 cents cash back. Don't pay full price of the pump anymore. Get cash back using Get Upside. Again, just download the app, uh, the app for free and use the promo code TOUCHDOWN to get up to 50 cents on the gallon and cash back on your first tank. Some people who drive a lot are making as much as two to $300 a month in cash back, and there's no catch. The cash back gets added right to your account. You can cash out anytime to your bank account, PayPal, or e-gift card for Amazon and other brands. Again, just download the free GetUpside app and use the promo code TOUCHDOWN. This is the Lockdown Eagles post game show. Louis DiBiase, Gino Camilleri. The Eagles fall to one and three on the season, a forty-two to thirty loss to the Kansas City Chiefs. But Gino, like I said, and like you've said all year long, there's going to be moral victories and losses this year in a rebuilding season. I thought most of those moral victories today were on the offensive side of the football, but it was a loss. The Eagles did allow forty-two points today to Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes. Mahomes with four touchdowns on the day. Gino, I mean, just again, I I think we talked about penalties, nine of them today, and on defense especially. Derek Barnett, just another terrible roughing the passer penalty. So many moments where it's third and six, and then Josh Sweat a couple offsides penalties today, makes it third and one. Just inexcusable. It's happening every week. It's the same issues. I feel like I'm ranting about Jim Schwartz. With Jonathan Gannon's defense, it is once again the same issues. Penalties, their linebackers suck, and they give up way too many easy plays. I think you broke that down pretty well. And how you broke it down goes into personnel. It goes into execution and it goes into game plan. And I think they failed on all three of those fronts today. Because when you look at the defensive front and the defensive secondary, I think Darius Slay is having a season that is unsung. Like you're not seeing the ball thrown his way nearly at all. Steven Nelson is having a rough go of it at that number two position. But Darius Slay and your guys up front, you knew were going to be your reliable pieces, right? Okay, that's half of your defense that's playing top-notch ball. Javon Hargrave, I say, is already playing at an all-pro rate. Another sack today. He's got five on the year. Who would have ever thought that this guy would probably be the first guy to get to double digits in a while? Right. I wouldn't have said that. 
we thought it was going to be Josh Sweat who could get there. You talk about these penalties from Josh Sweat. It goes into how quick his get off is, the timing. I, I don't really blame him there. They just have to get better in their execution and not taking dumb penalties. The ones on Derek Barnett, though, those are penalties that can be and completely he avoidable. Pay for them, Gino. Like he's no. never going to the sidelines after. And I get it. Even Ryan after Kerrigan Nick Sirianni looks- says it's always him, right? He and literally said it on the game. telecast. And yeah, I, and I get because of necessity with with Brandon Graham out that in Ryan Kerrigan looks nothing like what he used to. No, that you kind of need Derek Barnett right now, but even for a player too, like this guy does not get it. And he hasn't got it, Gino, since 2017. He's, you know, I talk about how Jalen Hurts is the same player in certain areas. Derek Barnett has, is the most undisciplined player the Eagles have had in a long time. He's borderline dirty. He's pretty much a dirty player. And he just never learns. Like this is kind of just who he is. And he's not good enough to deal with those mistakes. If he's Josh Sweat, I can live with those two penalties because I know he's going to make up for it. Derek Barnett never makes and up. And it's for not it. a personal foul. Like that's completely right, different. That's the like, thing. Like Derek Barnett, these are all avoidable mistakes. And a guy that's been in the league now for five seasons should not be making, especially in a contract year. Mm hmm. Yeah, like let's evaluate the penalties real quick across the whole board, right? Special yeah. teams penalties are always avoidable. We know that right off the bat. They're always avoidable. Blocks in the backs, holds should never happen. Number two, personal fouls. Like those are because you put eye over the team. Like that's really what it comes. Even if you're shoved into the legs of the quarterback, you could just put your weight down and like not even go at his legs. That's possible. And then you look at the penalties from Josh Sweat and Andre Dillard, which were more on how they're anticipating the play. It comes down to a breakdown in the play. Like that's understandable, but the first two cannot fly and personal fouls. It's, it's called a personal foul for a reason. It's on that person. It's the equivalent of a technical foul in basketball, right? Right. Like that's essentially what it is. And Derek Barnett has done this multiple times in his career, Lou. And I don't even think you can like keep the, keep putting him out there because he costs you. And in a game where you're playing Kansas city and they put up 42, that could have been 35 and you could have had a chance to win it late. That that's those margins in football, giving up 15 yards on something as poor as that. Unbelievable. The JJ penalty on the, whatever you want to call pass interference. I don't know. I don't know how you're going to call that. I think he could have sold it better, but it's a, it's a close ticky tack call. Um, yeah, I mean, you know, I think a lot of the penalties were close in that way, mm-hmm. but at the same time, I mean, it's, it's not like just today, this has been an issue. Like this has been an issue now for a month. Yeah. It's been an issue for the first four for weeks of the season. So it's a trend now. It's a, it's a pattern of mistakes and that's when it becomes a problem. And so it was again today, it didn't just cost you three touchdowns, but I mean, again, how many times it was third and long and then boom, it's third and one and, and they're mm-hmm. going to convert you can't give again, you can get away with that against the Falcons. You might even be able to get away with that against Jimmy Garoppolo and the 49ers, but against Dak Prescott, against Patrick Mahomes, against Andy Reed, you're not getting mm-hmm. away with that and you haven't. And that's Never. why you've been losing these games that you're playing close to good teams, but you can't finish because you're shooting yourself in the foot and it's especially on the defensive side of the football. Outside of penalties, Gino, I think the other issue is on this defense. I mean, for what Jonathan Gannon wants to do and just play back and have all this space open, you need athletic rangy. We said this last week. You need athletic rangy yeah. safeties and linebackers, mm-hmm. and they are not even close to having that right now. I mean, God, Eric Wilson. I love you called him Eric Geary on Twitter today, which was cracking me up. But that's the case. He has been – I know he had the interception today, but that was more about Josh Sweat hitting Mahomes. I mean, he's been awful. I mean, 
eventually you got to find out what you have in Davy and Taylor. He's not playing enough because if he's not, he's something, the best guy out there to, when he's out and, yeah, there, man. And you need to know what you have in your third round pick. Cause if not, you need to know if you need to make a first or second round selection on a linebacker. I already think you have to, no matter what Taylor is or not just linebacker, Gino, I just mean a safety or linebacker, that rangy second, third level player. You need one desperately right now. Right now, with Carson Wentz playing over 75% of the snaps, Miami, with the pick that they gave you, and your pick, you need to invest two, if not three, high-caliber players on defense for this Philadelphia I'm just nervous because they just don't, you know, like they never do it. They need to do what Carolina did in the first year of Matt Rule, where they spend an entire draft dedicated to that defense because well, you said it. how much young talent that defense has is J.C. Horn. I mean, they just traded for C.J. Henderson, Jeremy yes. Chin, Derek Brown, Brian Burns. The Eagles have none of that. And that's what I'm saying, man. Like, as good as Rodney McLeod was the head back, he's not going to play forever, bro. Like, he's no. not going to be there till the end of time. Darius Slay isn't going to be there till the end of time. I, I Going back to the point on personnel – your linebackers aren't it, man. Like, and you're not playing the right ones. Like, I was waiting. Where is Sean Bradley to get some speed on the field, to get some yeah. athleticism? Davion Taylor doesn't come in until like the midway through the third quarter. Right. These decisions come down to the guy who's putting these guys in the posi position to succeed. And it's Jonathan Gannon, and he's not doing a good job at that. And there's so many plays, Lou, when it's a zone coverage. I'm fine with zone. I wanted to run cover, uh, quarters for the longest time. You hear me talking about it the last two years on this podcast, but not where you're just defending grass. Zone doesn't mean you can just sit there and no. watch. I mean, you have to find work, man. Like, I love when you said busy that. Yeah, find defense. work. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's just it, too much. Not, you can't do that against Tyree Kill and Mikul Hardman. That's four three speed. If you don't yeah. get a start, a head start, it, like it was pathetic seeing. I laughed because Jannard Avery's chasing him down in the open field. You need the personnel and mm -hmm. the coach. What they want to do right now just do not fit at all. And a lot of it's on Gannon too. But you know, a lot of it too is on Howie Roseman. He's made some awesome moves when it comes to the defensive line. But mm -hmm. it feels like outside of Darius Slay, since 2016 when he signed Roddy McLeod, every move he's made on the second and third level just do not work. And the three mm -hmm. moves he made this year at safety, linebacker, and corner, Nelson, Harris, and Wilson, just have not done enough. I mean, it's been very disappointing. It has been, and I think this should be the last of the quote-unquote Band-Aid era where we sign these guys who are journeymen, guys coming off a franchise tag, and you think they can fit into your team, there's a reason they didn't get that extension. There's a reason they're a free mm -hmm. agent. Look beyond what yeah. the player is. And like, I get the buy low logic. Like, I do. Yeah. But the, the, the issue, Gino, like, eventually with Howie Roseman, it's a lot of me understanding his logic and the logic making sense, but the execution, the results eventually have to follow. Or it doesn't matter what your thought process was if you were in the right. If it doesn't work, it doesn't work. And eventually it's a results-driven league and you have to hit on these players. And even the ones that you did hit, you cut like LJ Fort. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I totally agree, Lou. And going into this offseason, which is still weeks away, I mean, right. they still have 13 games to play and they're going to be in games. I, I don't think this is a bad team. I, I think they have a chance to compete for the second best team in this division right now. The Eagles just have to do the little things right which mm -hmm. I think they got better from last week. They had 11 penalties last week. Don't have 11 penalties this week, but they still had some. Still had nine, yeah. though, so I don't know how still much. Still had nine. Hey, <laughs> hey, 
as somebody who's an accountant, I'm looking at percentages. I'm looking at margins, yes, you yeah. know, like that. That's what you have to do with a young team, though, Lou. You're not going to make leaps and bounds overnight. I think on offense, they made a big jump today. Defense, it's going to take some time. Special teams are still figuring out. Yeah. Did love that Jalen Rager kick return. Thought that was the best play we've I seen. I thought of you instantly. I'm like, oh my year. gosh, Gino finally got to watch a positive special teams play. And JJ got a strip sack. He did or not get a strip sack, but a strip tackle. He got the, the strip tackle on special teams. And yeah. those are like the hidden yards that you have to avoid when you're playing good teams. And that's what keeps the Eagles in that bottom third right now for a team like Kansas City, mm-hmm. Dallas, the Niners. When you play Tampa in a couple weeks, they get those bounces. They get things going their way. The Eagles aren't going to get that. And they have to be sound because they have to realize yeah. they're going to be undermanned. They're going to be outgunned. So they have to do the little things correctly. And if you could get that corrected, Lou, which should be correctable things, especially under a young coaching staff, and that's what I want to sit back on. It's four games into Seriani's career. He could get this ship turned around. I don't think he's a problem at all. No, I, I think, thought it was a huge overreaction this week when it came yeah. to his play calling, and I think the biggest bigger issues were being ignored. And I get it; the head coach is always going to be under a lens in Philadelphia, yeah, but for sure. yeah, I thought it was kind of unfair considering the situation Sirianni was thrown into last week. I, I think in the personnel that he's doing a good job. My issue is with Jonathan Gannon right now, Gino, more yeah, than Nick Sirianni. And, and Mike Clay. Let's, yeah, let's and the, I real. thought I was excited about Gannon because when he came in, I'm like, all right, this team's going to be – I know I knew he was coming in with his own background. I didn't mm-hmm. love it, but I'm like, okay. But I think he's going to be way better situationally than Jim Schwartz. But again, like, I mean, any third down crucial play this week, this team is just soft as butter. Like, they, they couldn't get a key stop. I think they had five touchdowns on six possessions, the Chiefs did, um, or four or five. And it just Mm -hmm. felt like they could never get a stop. I don't think they punted one time today. And it just like, even in the situations where it's third and short or in the red zone, they're not getting hands on guys at the line of scrimmage. Tyree kills inside and they're not adjusting. The closest Mm -hmm. guy is Eric Wilson. He's not going to get there in time. A three-step out, Tyree kills gone. And it's just like they, that continues to happen. And I, I was hoping that we, without Jim Schwartz, we had moved on to a better, more self-aware defensive coordinator. And so far through four games, Jonathan Gannon is the person I'm annoyed with more than maybe anybody in this franchise. Talking about the punts real quick, Jeff Kerr, our friend from CBS Sports, there have only been four games in NFL history yeah. where neither team has punted. Today was one of them. Yeah. So again, a positive, I, we did want Jalen Hurts <laughs> to match a star quarterback and go toe-to-toe. Yeah. And so although this wasn't a great defense, Gino, it is. It doesn't matter who you're playing on defense. When you see the other quarterback doing that, there is pressure added, and you start pressing, and sometimes that forces mistakes. So I was still impressed that Jalen Hurts did what he did today and kind of answered each time. That's what I want to see for Hurts. That's why I think in the offseason when the schedule came out, we looked at this stretch and we're like, okay, you might not win a lot of these games, but let's see how they lose them. Let's see how Hurts does Mm -hmm. winning, but winning in a certain kind of way. And so, yeah, it's just, it's a, I mean, as you guys can tell, it's a very mixed bag of emotions today. I think we both feel pretty good about a lot of things, but there's a lot of other things that we have issues with. And I mean, it's a continued evaluation process through the year. This is a rebuild. And by the end of the year, we'll kind of know where we're at and where we're headed for sure. And uh, the Eagles right now, one and three, they fall 42 uh, to 30 against the Kansas City Chiefs. Now one and three on the season. Guys, this post game show for Lockdown Eagles is brought to you by Direct TV Stream. Does this sound familiar? It might have been 
today. You've got one device that lets you catch the game live, another that lets you stream your favorite shows, you're watching sports highlights on your phone, and you've got your neighbor's best friend's login for the good stuff. Well, I want to tell you about a simpler way to get all that entertainment you love without the hassle and a great way to finally get your TV together. It's called Direct TV Stream, and it brings your live TV and on-demand favorites together like never before so you can watch your favorite sports, movies, and shows all in one place. That means no more juggling remotes and no need to buy another device ever again. And the best part, there's no annual contract. So get rid of the clutter and the confusion and get your direct TV stream together. You can learn more at directtv.com. That's directtv.com. Compatible devices required. Content varies by package. Let me tell you what, direct TV stream makes your TV streaming very easy. And Built Bar makes your food choices even easier. And let me tell you what, those cookie dough chunkaloo, those built bars are the best bar I've They're ever gone. had in my life. I don't have any yeah. more. I ate them all. I, I'm going to write a letter and hopefully I can get some more. If not, I'm going to use the promo code and that is LOCKED15 to get 15% off one of the nine delicious flavors that they have. They have limited edition flavors. They're low in calories, low in carbs, low in sugar, high in protein, I just got a gym membership out here in Colorado for the first time, Lou. And you know what I'm going to have every time after yep. the gym? It's going to be a built bar. Guaranteed, it's the best tasting protein bar that you will ever have. So go to their website today, builtbar.com. Use the promo code LOCKED15. That's LOCKED15, and you'll get 15% off your first order. And use that promo code Tell them that we sent you. It's always great that our fans love these built bars, and there's a reason they've been one of our longest running sponsors people love them lou i don't think there's any other way to put it they're going to the moon all the flavor Go. none of the guilt man yeah seriously if you love candy somebody like me i love my sweets yeah. i'll have three or four built bars instead so go to builtbar.com and use that promo code the Eagles fall 42-30 to 30 to the Kansas City Chiefs. This is the Lockdown Eagles postgame show. The Eagles are now 1-3 on the season. Gino, they have a matchup with the Carolina Panthers in Charlotte next week. The Panthers fall to 3-1 and one today. They lose to the Dallas Cowboys. Um, yeah, again, a mixed bag today. I thought the offense looked mm -hmm. great against the Chiefs. I thought Jalen Hurts matched Patrick Mahomes pretty much toe-for-toe -toe throughout the game. Uh, the defense has a lot of work to be done personnel-wise, coaching, the penalties, brutal. Overall, I think, though, a step in the right direction compared to last week felt like rock bottom. We're like, okay, how far away is this team? But and again, me and you kind of asked, we're like, okay, the Falcons game and the Dallas game where what team is this actually like where are they closer mm. to and i think they're right in the middle as most things in life are i think they're more the team we saw against the san francisco 49ers and if they clean things up they can be the team against atlanta but if they don't you can see more games like dallas so again it's a continued evaluation process and it's finding out who this team is and we'll find out more and more as each game goes but i would say three of the four games this year i've been pretty encouraged so that's a good sign the the fourth game was brutal in a huge wake-up call and some of the games had wake-up calls in them too but i would say three of the four games showed you that this team isn't years and years away right and we always go back to the narrative that this team would be one of the worst in the league prior to the season starting, right. right that does and not look like this team we never got behind that idea and i think today was evident mm -hmm. because even with those penalties they're they're in this game with kansas city till the fourth quarter i mean Good teams win those games down the stretch. Kansas City did that today. They have a better team, won a Super Bowl two years ago, 
almost won the Super Bowl last year. There's a reason they are where they are. The Eagles will get there. You can't run before you can walk, and you can't walk before you can crawl. The Eagles are still getting their legs under them. You know, they're like a newborn baby giraffe. They're they're <laughs> wobbling. Some things will be good. They'll get a nice stretch where they can go on a nice run. But then there's other times when they really can't get their legs onto the, under them. And I think today there was a mixed bag of both. Yeah. Like there were times when they looked very impressive, and then at times in the red zone, maddening on special teams <laughs> on defense, it could be maddening at times. But as somber and downtrodden as we were last week, Lou. I think that step in the right direction happened today. And yeah. I was never as critical on Nick Sariani as people have been in the first three weeks. And I think today was evident. He's been under staffs, Kansas City, where he knows what it takes to win on offense. And his ability to change from last week to this week, the first time they faced adversity, Lou, positive in my column. I think Nick Sariani, the offense did a great job. It's an offensive base league, Lou. We wanted to see the offense improve. Two 30 point games out of four, not too shabby. Yeah, not too shabby. I totally agree. Let's take a look at the box score before we wrap up this post game show. Jalen Hurts finishes 32 of 48, 385 yards, two touchdowns through the air, eight carries, 47 yards. Hurts leads the way on the ground. Kenneth Gainwell, three carries for 31 yards and a touchdown. Miles Sanders, a bad game, seven carries, only 13 yards, 1.9 yards per carry. Through the air, Devontae Smith leads the way, seven catches for 122. Again, he's the first. Eagles rookie receiver to have over 100 yards in a game since Jordan Matthews seven years ago in 2014. Zach Ertz, Kenneth Gainwell, they have six apiece, uh, 60 yards for Zach Ertz, uh, 58 for Kenneth Gainwell. Gino, Zach Ertz is only like, I think, I think at this point, um, I want to say 15 or 16 catches away from breaking the Eagles all time receptions record. So we'll keep tracking that too and see if he can break that before maybe he's traded. We'll see. Dallas Goddard, five catches for 54 yards and a touchdown. Miles Sanders, three for 34. Quez Watkins, three for 33. And then right as we were preparing the show, Greg Ward caught a garbage time touchdown, one catch for 15 yards, which Gino did put us at five and one this week for our LOE three. We're now, I think, 11 and one the last two weeks. After a perfect six and zero last yeah, week, yeah, we're killing it with a five and one week this week. Guys, start listening one. to these, man. We'll, we'll watch these these podcasts. Look at these graphs. We can make you some money. Yeah, bet online. You could be making a ton of money Absolutely. right now if you're betting with us. And before we end, Lou, we have to give a huge shout out. Jake Elliott, now second all time in terms of field goals made in Eagles history. Yep. He has a chance to pass Acres. Perfect on the season, Lou. Extra yeah, points, field back. goals. I think he's one of the guys that is the unsung heroes of this team so far. The Eagles dropped to one and three, 42 to 30 is the final score against the Kansas City Chiefs. Guys, thanks for tuning in. This has been the Lockdown Eagles postgame show. We'll be back tomorrow for Stock Up, Stock Down. Follow us on Twitter at Lockdown Birds, at GC24 underscore football, at DBLCLOE. Subscribe to our show wherever you get your podcasts and on YouTube as well. For Gino Camilleri, I'm Lou DiBiase signing off. As always, thank you for downloading. Thank you for listening and let's go birds. Fly Eagles fly.